This is Low Bobbing with Froggy Style and Biggie. Uh, okay. So, this is possibly the first episode of a new podcast. Uh, we're going to call it Globe Hopping with Froggy Style and Binky. Hello. This is Binky. <laughs> uh, I'm Froggy Style. I'm the superior of the two. I don't know about that. I think so. Um, <laughs> this is just going to be a travel podcast. Uh, basically, each time we do it, we're just going to have a bunch of people over who have been cool places and shit, and uh, we're just going to talk to them about their experiences. Um, this is... Like I said, possibly episode one, or it might just be a test. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Each week, we are going to be brought to you by travelingforlife.com. That's traveling, the number four, life.com. You guys should check it out because it's a really awesome website. If you enjoy traveling, they have a lot of cool blog posts and articles and anything to do with traveling and helping you out. And stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I guess we're going to get this started. Uh, I went to Costa Rica a couple of months ago. So that's what this first episode is going to be based off of. Um, yeah, in Costa Rica, it was, it was a good time. All right, let's, uh, let's get started down to the nitty gritty here. So why exactly did you choose costa rica over any other place was it just a price thing was it that you've always wanted to be there uh honestly what kind of ended up happening is i was looking on skyscanner.com i was just looking it's a website that gives you you know the cheapest flights to certain places and stuff and i was just looking through prices there um costa rica was one of the places and there was like italy and uh I don't know, Macedonia, stuff like that. Um, Macedonia would be cool. It would be cool. I actually was considering going yeah. there. <laughs> but then I saw the poster for Envision Festival, and I was like, oh, shit, that is in Costa Rica. Oh, crap. One of the cheapest places to go is Costa Rica. So I saw the poster, and it had a lot of music acts that I like really wanted to see, like Random Rab and Spongle and stuff like that. So that kind of made me... Made me push towards Costa Rica a little bit more. How exactly did, when did, where did you see this poster? It was just on the internet, like on Facebook. Oh. It just kind of like popped up on my newsfeed and I was like, oh shit, had that you, looks cool. Had you heard anything about Envision Festival prior to this? Um, I, I saw the lineup for the year previous and that's about it. Um, you know, coming from like places like Shambhala and stuff like that. And I, I, I had heard that it was, more of a like a conference instead of like just a music festival and that was something that was really appealing to me at the time you know for like personal growth and stuff like that more, more of a place to discuss ideas and and mull over them right with people who are sort of like-minded exactly like it, it like a, a conference for hippies is the best way to describe it honestly <laughs> <laughs> and they have like they had cool workshops it wasn't just about the music but the music is a big reason why i went 
Oh yeah, I'm sure it'd be nice to have some, you know, entertainment in between. Yeah, and in like, between some of the discussions. And it was in the, you know, it's in the middle of the jungle, and it's a tropical place. It's right on the ocean, and it's just in a really beautiful location and pretty unique opportunity and experience, it, right? It, exactly. And I've never been to, uh, I've been to Shambhala for five years in a row. That's in Canada here, and then I went to a smaller festival called Fozzy Fest, and that's also in Canada here. And I just wanted to also kind of see what, like, music festivals in other countries would be like. Did you notice any major difference between, like, a Canadian one and this one? Sort of trying to disregard the the fundamental differences between this music festival and, say, a, a Shambhala, you know? Yeah. Um, I would say that there was a lot more culture at Envision Festival. Like, a lot more of the Costa Rican authentic culture mixed with the music festival culture, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, they still had that trippy, visionary art, but they also had a lot of authentic Costa Rican art-type things, and there was a lot of Costa Rican acts that were playing there as well, like Costa Rican bands, and, uh, you know, you got coconuts everywhere, which is pretty cool. And <laughs> Awesome, delicious fruit. Uh, the structures, even, all made out of bamboo instead of, like, you know, timber and stuff like that, so... Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. And it was... It was right on the ocean? Like, were you right beside the beach? Uh, yeah, well, it was, like, maybe, like, a... There was a path that led to the ocean, and it was, like, a... Not even a two-minute walk that you just walk through this jungle path to get to the ocean, essentially. Mm -hmm. But there's, like... It's this little clearing, and essentially everything else is just, like, a wall of palm trees, you know? So Yeah, for you, sure. You could definitely hear the ocean from the campsites, though. But it's it's basically in the jungle. Yeah, it's right in the fucking jungle. Oh, that's pretty cool. It, it was <laughs> hot. Like, <laughs> what was what was your sort of initial reaction um, getting out of the plane and into the airport in Costa Rica? Oh man! As soon as I walked off the because I was in a long sleeve shirt and I was in jeans, and as soon as I got off the plane and like I was just like, "Holy shit, is it hot?" It's like instant humidity, and just. Honestly, their airport is really nice, and it's very similar to a lot of airports that you would see just, like, around the world and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, like, it's very, like, just a very kind of normal airport. So, after you got there, did you, like, have to take a bus to where it was located, or can you describe, like, where the, the festival was located? Yeah, it was about, it's a, uh, Envision Festival is four hours away from where I flew into, which was San Jose. Uh, they have two airports in Costa Rica. One is in San Jose and the other one's in a bit more north and it's in Liberia. Um, so basically as soon as you exit the airport, you just get bombarded by people like taxi drivers, shuttle service drivers who are like, yo, come with me. I'll take you where you need to go. I take you where you need to go. Um, <laughs> I'd already pre-booked like a, a shuttle service that Envision Festival sets up. So I was just looking for that. Um, the ticket I had bought actually was for a shuttle that was at like 7 p.m. And I got there at like noon. So I was like, fuck, I don't hope I don't have to wait around the airport or something for like seven, seven hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I found the people because I was wondering, you know, if like I have a ticket, could I like just maybe get on an earlier thing? And they were like, yeah, it's an extra $15 or whatever if you want to like reschedule it. And I was like, whatever. I just want to like be there like now. And I don't want to have to set up all my shit in the dark and like, yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be not fun at all. Exactly. And um, 
yeah so found the shuttle bus put my stuff on it got on and we left like 10 minutes later oh that's all right yeah so you went directly to the festival after arriving um and once you were there was everything sort of set up or was was the festival in the process of getting set up uh most of it was set up um went like i got there wednesday and the official festival didn't start until thursday um so like i got there at about i don't know four five so the sun was just setting as i got there and most of it was pretty organized at that point yeah that's pretty cool yeah was there a lot of people there uh arriving at that time there was there was maybe about a half hour to an hour wait in line um that's not bad at all if you've been to any other festival. Yeah, no, it's not too bad, honestly. Uh, because there's no, like, vehicles that go in, you know what I mean? So they're not checking your vehicles and stuff. You can't camp with your car or anything like that. You can, There's a parking lot for your car, but you don't camp with your car. Mm-hmm. So there's no vehicle searches. or any, There actually was no searches whatsoever. Really? No searches whatsoever. Um, That's actually really surprising. Yeah. I uh, guess things are probably a little bit more relaxed down in costa rica than they would be in north america definitely um and i i I feel like the like i felt like the entire time i was there they just really kind of trusted the patrons a lot more than other festivals do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like um like fozzy fest is kind of like that too you know they trust the patrons not to be dicks essentially Mm -hmm. like to clean up after themselves to not bring weapons and stuff like that and well with some of these bigger festivals it just turns into like a you know, a drunk fest or a drug fest, right? Like, exactly. And people people get out of control pretty quickly. So, I mean, I, I can understand. Maybe that's sort of a more North American thing. I don't know. But I can understand why they do those checks. Oh, definitely. Know? Definitely. And at some, like, uh, in total, there's only about, I think there's 6,000 attendees, probably maybe 1,000 staff or something. So there, it's not, it's like six to 7,000 people in total. So it's a little bit smaller scale. It's still pretty big, but like... And compared to, like, some of these other festivals that get, like, tens of thousands of people going to it, like, you know, it's a little bit more small scale. Yeah, well, that's nice, though, because it's a little bit more intimate, you know? Yeah, oh, definitely. You're not you're not fighting with people for a space on the dance floor. You oh, know? yeah, I, you exactly. Know, you're not constantly bombarded by people who are just out of control, which is, I'm sure, really nice. Oh, yeah, and the, the entire time there, I didn't feel like I didn't have enough space. Oh, that's good. And... The cool thing about it, too, is, like, since it is a little bit smaller scale, like, you could walk to your tent from the stage, and it would take, like, five minutes compared to other festivals where it's, like, a 15, 20-minute walk to yeah, get to your tent it's or like something. a journey. Yeah, exactly. But not, like, even though you were so close to your tents and stuff like that, there was still enough space for everybody to dance. And the dance floor, they just had huge open dance floors, and that's why, you know, like... The dance floors just went like super far back, but everybody had enough space to move and just kind of like do what they wanted, which was really cool. Yeah, that's really neat. Who yeah. who was the first person who you sort of spoke with there, um, and had like a, a connection with? Like, I, it was actually that night. Um, I had been up all night traveling. Like, I got into the Houston airport at midnight. And that's a shitty airport. Yeah. And the layover I had, I didn't leave until like eight the next morning. Oh my God. So like I tried to like sleep in the airport and I, I don't know, I maybe slept for an hour, but I just like nodded off in a chair or something. And like 
the Houston airport fucking sucks. Like, it's such a huge or- airport, and you'd expect it to be open 24 hours, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's really stupid. It's like, I got there at midnight, and everything was closed. Like, <laughs> So you can't do anything. You can't do anything. And even if you leave the airport, they won't let you back in. Oh, that's awful. So I had to stay in the airport as well. But um, the the first person who I had, uh, like, an experience with, uh, I had, I, like, set up my tent. <laughs> I went to bed because I was tired. I needed to take a nap. I'm sure you were tired as hell. I was super tired. Um, at about, I actually I don't know what time it was, honestly. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess time kind of disappears as yeah. soon as you enter the gates to the festival. Like as soon as I got there, my phone died. I couldn't charge it anywhere, so I had no idea what time it was the entire festival. But I woke up to people like moving my tent, like shaking it and stuff, and they were like, "Oh." I don't think there's anybody in here. We can just move that. And I was like, no, I'm in here. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, shit. And I like came out and they're like, oh, hey, you know, like uh, we just need to move your tent over a little bit so that we can fit this guy's tent in here. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And it's like, uh, do you need like help setting up the tent? And they were like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So like I met my neighbors essentially. And, you know, we all gave each other big hugs and stuff. And, like everybody's just in like a super happy mood and. I had kind of like planned who I was going to camp with before I actually got there. Um, there was this Facebook event or group or whatever, and it was called, you know, Envision Festival Camp Solo. So it was solo travelers from around the world who were all going to camp together. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So like everybody was kind of, it was people who were also traveling by themselves and it was really cool. And like that entire night, night, the entire camp just kind of came together and we all just like got to know each other and like telling stories, you know, like, why are you here? And just, it, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. And, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really, really interesting. I like it that, you know, people sort of took it upon themselves to find groups of people that had, that were in a similar situation there. That's, yeah. that's, that's really, really neat. Yeah. So did you connect with anyone there in particular or did, were you, you know, was it just kind of general? You, did you guys travel around the festival often together? Uh, like, honestly, um, a lot of the time I was just kind of on my own. Um, but that's just kind of how I wanted it during the day and stuff like that. Because I, I don't know. I just wanted to, like, do what I wanted. Like, there's a lot of workshops that, like, engage you. And there's a lot of, like, talks that engage you. But, like, during the night, you would, like, come back to your tent or the camp at like around five or whatever whenever the sun started setting and you know there would be people there and i like met some really cool people who were just like there was actually this couple that i met um i forget their names honestly (laughs) (laughs) um but like they approached me and they were just like you know they, they were camping in the camp solo thing but they hadn't been in the group before and they were like yeah we just wanted to camp here because we know what it's like to travel by yourself. And I, we really just want to kind of help people who are traveling by themselves. Oh, that's awesome. Because we know it's hard. Like, you know, sometimes you don't want to like make the initiative and go up to talk to people uh-huh. and stuff well, like that. Well, that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Know? Just to sort of cold approach somebody and be like, hey, be my friend. Yeah. But like, so they were giving me like beers and cigarettes and like, because I had nothing like, and they yeah. were just like, you know, here, have a beer, have a cigarette, whatever. And like you'd talk with them and like eventually more and more people would gather as the sunset because envision is really cool because they don't actually have music all day. Mm -hmm. Like they have these talks during the day, they have talks and workshops during the day. Um, one of the stages opens up at about three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe earlier, 
but it stops at like around sunset and there's like a period of like an hour and a half to two hours where there's no music. So it actually encourages you to like go eat dinner or go rest or go do something like there's that's, pretty much not a lot going on. That's that's clever design is what that is. Yeah, exactly. And also it's just so fucking hot during the day yeah. that you don't want to do any dancing. Like. Yeah, you probably dehydrate yourself pretty quickly yeah. doing that. Yeah. So did they have lots of food vendors around? Yeah, there's lots of various like and all healthy options too. Yeah, you like, said the majority of it was uh was vegetarian, right? Vegetarian, yeah. Um I honestly they had a burger place too. I didn't try it out, but uh, like there was a lot of like coconut burgers and stuff like that and like Really? Uh falafels were delicious. Oh, so falafels I had, like, fantastic. Yeah, I had avocado tacos like and it, it was all really dynamic. There was burritos that were just completely veggie and Honestly, I think a lot of it, too, is because there's no refrigeration there. Yeah, so you can't exactly have meat sitting <laughs> yeah. around in, you know, like, 35-degree heat. That's, exactly. That's not, that's not safe. I'm <laughs> sure it's a, just a lot easier even to do it all veggie. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so after sort of the first day and you got yourself situated, how many days was the festival in total? Uh, it was Thursday to Sunday they had music. Thursday to Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So after you got yourself situated on the Wednesday, uh, did you attend any any talks uh, that really sort of blew your mind on the Thursday that uh, you can remember? On, and if on, you can't like place the dates, that's totally fine. I understand. Yeah, there were there were definitely a couple of talks that were like honestly, pretty much every single talk I attended was really awesome because they're all about like permaculture, what we can do as individuals. Sorry, to, what's what's permaculture? Uh, it's just like a way of farming that I'm not entirely sure, honestly. I still don't have a complete grasp on it, but it's a way of like living like basically off the land and stuff like that. Okay. Deve developing systems in like... A sustainable system. Yeah, exactly. And instead of like... Because even when you're farming stuff, you're still you, like... Say, for example, stuff like that doesn't come back every year. Yeah. Permaculture is more like, why don't we plant this fruit tree? And instead of having to work for, you know, the food, it just gives us the food. So now the system is working for us instead of us working for the system type thing. You uh -huh. know what I mean? So you have to plant it once, take care of it. But now you have a permanent thing that you don't have to put effort into every single year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, so they were focused mainly on those kinds of ideas. Yeah, and also just like personal wellness, um, because the entire idea behind Envision Festival, I would say, is kind of make sure that you help yourself before you help others. So be the best person that you can be, so that you can take that out into the world and make changes in the world. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was kind of like that. That's really interesting. Like, even the workshops, they were all, like, yoga, and, like, there was Tai Chi that I tried. Uh, How was that? It was it was really good. Relaxing. It was cool. Yeah, it was. It was, like, really different, actually. Um, it, it's hard. Like, you, really? you kind of notice, like, on that kind of stuff that I'm not really in tune with my body and how it moves, you know what I mean? Like... I don't think a lot of people are, Exactly. Frankly. Exactly. Um and honestly, that type of thing, like, helped out a lot. So, um, yeah, it was really awesome. There was also a talk, uh, the, like, probably the first talk I, I attended. It was called uh, Biohacking or whatever. Uh -huh. And essentially what that was was just, like, a way 
like how to like diets and stuff and like how to kind of hack your body i guess like into doing what you want to do. yeah being exactly. like the health, healthiest version of itself type deal it was um, really cool so after the thursday mm-hmm. um was there any when were the big acts were they on friday saturday like oh, no, most places or they spread them out yeah it was thursday friday saturday sunday all you all, name it like the first my favorite days uh for music were the thursday and the saturday uh-huh um why is that just like really cool people playing um like, actually like who uh the thursday defunk who is actually from here in calgary and who I appreciate a lot was playing. Um, I actually, I even saw like a lot of really cool acts like that I didn't know about before. Um, and you kind of discover that as you go too. Um, the reason for Saturday being my favorite though is the Sunrise set by Random Rab. Really also, also Spongo was playing that night who I had pretty much traveled there to see as well. And a lot of other people, like really big people who are really looking forward to seeing were playing that night on the Saturday night. If you guys haven't heard of any of these these groups or anything, you should totally check them out online, especially Spongle. Yeah, Spongle, Random Rab, Defunk, check them all out. Uh, another couple good ones that I'm just going to plug real quick. Uh, Shaman's Dream, very, very good, really chill. I saw him a couple of times, actually. Um there was also the human experience, um, and that's put on by a guy named David Block, who has like multiple different side projects. So I saw like every, I saw David Block at least six times at six different things during that entire festival. That's really neat. It was really really cool. He's yeah. Relatively prolific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a really proactive guy. <laughs> who was the the most well known act that you saw there? Was it? Spangle or uh, I, I think uh, yeah, Beats Antique. Oh, I know. Yeah, they're really good. Beats Antique was really sick as well. They also played Saturday actually, <laughs> and it was amazing because they have a live drummer and a live setup, and it was just really really cool. They have a really really unique sound. Those guys. Yeah, they do, and it was it was like really awesome to see that and the stage designs that they had. They, it was full um, video mapping. So, like, you know, they look kind of plain during the day. They're just, like, white stages or whatever. But then at night, it's fully video mapped. So it's just, like, psychedelic video things just shooting across the stage. That's pretty neat. It was really fucking awesome. That's that's really, really neat. Yeah. Um, So what would you say for yourself was sort of the best moment out of the festival? Which moment did you appreciate the most? Or were there too many to even count? There are a couple, but I can definitely pick one out. Um, there, there was a couple, and I'll give you a couple of. I'll give you the best musical event was Random Rabs Sunrise Set. As the sun was coming up on Sunday morning, he like went on and just. It's one of the most anticipated sets of Envision Festival because he's done it like seven years in a row or something like really? that. Really? Yeah. Um, and just. The amount of like love that you feel on that dance floor, I have never experienced anything like it. It's palpable. Yeah, there was a giant group hug in the middle of the set. Um, like people were walking around, handing out fruit to people, and just like huge smiles on everybody's face. 
Um, and then at the end of it, just everybody, just everybody you meet just like walks up to you and they just like, they're like, Hey man. And then they just give you like a giant hug. And it's like, not just like a quick, you know, brief little hug. It's like a, a serious hug. It's like a 20 to 30 second hug. You know, you really <laughs> connect with that person and they're just like, you're beautiful. And then they just walk out into the crowd. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's great. And even at, like heading back to my camp, you just see the smiles on everybody's face and everybody is just like complimenting each other and like randomly being like i fucking love your smile man like, it's a good vibe yeah it it's was just it was, a good vibe um and then another one actually came from one of the talks and it was actually the talk was uh, authentic storytelling it was called um it was with uh, a person called vicky rocks who i think she writes for vice really yeah um but it was basically essentially how to communicate more authentically and like that really resonated deeply with me because I have problems with communicating with people sometimes. Um, I think everybody does. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. And it was just like how to communicate in a better way than, you know, hey, how's it going? How's your day? Like, you know, what's up? You know, it was uh -huh. more like, you know, communicate authentically and form deeper connections, you know, like ask different questions and stuff like that, you know. That it's, makes people like you more. Exactly. Frankly. And you form better connections with those exactly. people. Exactly. Because you get them talking and like And you both walk away from that interaction and feel better. Yeah, it was it was great. It's like, not one of those things where you sit and you talk with somebody and then you walk away from the interaction and you're like, did I say something weird? Yeah. You like, know? Yeah, totally. Like or like that was just like, you know, the standard everyday conversation like yeah i was totally stoked for the weekend hey it's almost friday you gotta be happy exactly like. <laughs> exactly yeah those water cooler conversations exactly it was like it was really really and also like um actually david block from the human experience he also put on a talk and it was actually connecting with your create how to Connect with your creative self essentially uh -huh. and that was another really informative talk that i really enjoyed that's interesting yeah um, so once the festival was all wrapped up, where did, where did you go to? Um, cause you were there for two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. So after the festival, I went to this town. It's about 15 minutes away from the festival, if that, but it's called Uvita or Uvita. I'm not sure exactly on the pronunciation, honestly. That's fair. <laughs> um, I heard both while there, so I don't know. Um, go with whichever one makes you happy yeah that's what i say <laughs> yeah. whichever one's easiest <laughs> and it was a, uh, it was just like a kind of like a quiet little beach town um i went to a hostel there um the hostel was great honestly every single person who was in my dorm was people from envision festival i was just about to ask that yeah um i met a lot of really cool people there that's awesome um even just the first day, like, I was running out of money after Ambition Festival. That's fair. They can be pretty expensive. Yeah. And I had lost my bank card in Canada before I even left the country. Um, the only thing I had with me was my credit card, but my credit card didn't have a chip in it. So, like... You had to do the swipe every time? Yeah. Well, like, if they took credit card, which a lot of places in Costa Rica don't take credit card even. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I was looking for a bank just to, like, take out some money. And I met this girl along the way and she was looking for like a Wi-Fi connection or whatever so she could like check out some stuff. And uh, we ended up just kind of like walking around Uvita together, just kind of like asking people where the banks are, where Wi-Fi is and stuff like that. And 
we found a couple restaurants and like she would go in and be like, okay, see, it was nice meeting you. We'd hug and stuff. And then like five minutes later, we'd meet up again. She'd be like, oh, the restaurant, there was like nobody in there. And it was really weird. (laughs) (laughs) And actually like, and then I found a bank and she found a restaurant and uh, I went to the bank um, and I have like a backup debit card that Mm -hmm. has like, it's a different account and stuff. And I tried to take money out of it and it wouldn't work. Oh, and I was like, "That's oh, unfortunate." Oh my god, I only have like forty dollars left. Well, what am I, I gonna do? <laughs> I have like a week and a half left in Costa Rica. Um, and then I tried my credit card as well, and then the bank machine just ate my credit card. Jesus! <laughs> so I didn't so have. At this point, you're feeling like you're up shit creek. Yeah, right? I'm like, oh my god, I like I'm so screwed right now. <laughs> so I went back to the restaurant where this girl was, um, and. I, you know, I like kind of sat down and we were having lunch together or whatever. And I was just like, um, you know, like, okay, I have this idea. Like, would it be possible, like, if I email transferred you some money or like PayPal or something, if I give you like $300, could you just take $300 out for me? And she was just like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like, I would love to help. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is saving my bacon (laughs) right now. This would not happen in like normal life. Like, thank you so much. And, uh. So we ended up walking to this other bank um, and I tr- ended up trying my debit card again and it actually ended up working at this bank, oh, which thanks. was a good thing. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I just like took out a bunch of money because I was like, I just want to make sure I have a bunch of money. And But like the really cool thing was that she was actually willing to do that for a stranger. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And um, like I saw her a couple of times over the next couple of days and stuff. And like, you know, we stay in touch a little bit. And, That's good. Yeah. So. I, I honestly, where was she from? California. California. Yeah, she's from California. Oh, a lot cool. of people from California and Costa Rica. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think that traveling on your own sort of forces you to open up about that kind of stuff, you know? Like, if you need something, no one's there to help you. you got to talk to somebody about yeah, it, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. And that that honestly helps develop your social skills in everyday life. It really, really does. Oh, yeah. It makes you just, like, less afraid to even approach people. Absolutely. And be like, look... You know, I'm kind of down on my luck. Could you maybe give me a hand? Yeah. (laughs) Especially like with a proposition like that. It's not like she's not there to be like, okay, now transfer me the money. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. So it was really good. Yeah. That's good. Um, So you spent some time in the town. Yeah. um, It it was about three days. Um, And uh, honestly, that first day I found the money because I was walking around the entire time. I was walking around for about three, four hours uh looking for like banks and food and stuff like that and as soon as i got back to the hostel at like maybe four o'clock i just passed out for the rest of the night oh you're probably tired oh yeah everybody actually when i got back to the hostel everybody was already asleep there really (laughs) so i was like you know what i'm just gonna join these guys Well, (laughs) honestly that like that sun will it takes it right out of you yeah it just exhausts you yeah it's great though it feels so good oh yeah um so how long did you spend in uvita uh, it was like three days. Three days? Yeah. And uh, then where did you go? Um, I went to, excuse me, it was called the Florestro, Florestro Forest Community. Really? Uh, and it's just outside of San, San Isidro or Isidore or something like that. Isildur? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, I forget, honestly. <laughs> the place was called, it was about 45 minutes away from San Isidro or whatever, and it was called the Florestro Forest Community. 
Okay. Um, and did you just take like a cab there? Or? Yeah, I took a cab. Actually, I how had, much was that? Just out of curiosity. Uh, the cab there is forty dollars, but it was about a. That's not bad. 45 minute to an hour drive yeah that's pretty good yeah um and i had contacted these people beforehand um and i stayed there for five days Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's uh it's called a medicine circle essentially i think i know where this is going yeah they work with plant medicines like ayahuasca peyote mushrooms even um so i contacted them beforehand uh and they gave me the number for like a reliable cab driver and they were just like, you know, when you're ready to come, just call this person and he'll take you to us. Or That's awesome. So, yeah. Because, yeah, you, I think that you got to be a little bit careful about that, yeah, especially in South America. There's frankly. a lot of like gypsy cabs and stuff and like... You don't want to deal with yeah, that. There's people who are, yeah. But like, honestly, every single person I met down there was just... Very friendly. Friendly as fuck, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Do a lot of them speak English? Uh, like some form of English, a lot of broken English. Hey, hey, something's better than nothing. Most, right? of, most of the, I think I experienced maybe two people who spoke absolutely no, three people who spoke absolutely no English. Okay. So it wasn't too bad. And like, I speak very, very little Spanish and like, they speak really fast down there. So even though I understand a little bit of Spanish, it's difficult. It's very difficult to understand what they're actually saying. <laughs> I, know, I know. I remember we did a, we did a Quebec trip in grade seven and this was for our French class or no, maybe it was grade eight. Anyway, um, they tell us to try and practice our French with the locals and that there's no hope. Yeah. They just, it's impossible. <laughs> it's the way we speak English, you know, like exactly. we, we speak pretty quick with English and stuff. So it's exactly the same thing. Yeah. So anyways, once you arrived at, at, um, florestral, florestral forest, forest community. community. Yeah. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, once you, once you arrived there, did people greet you? Like what was oh, the situation? Yeah. Like super, like I walked in and they're like, Oh, Hey, like you're staying with us. And like, I was like, yeah, instantly big hug. <laughs> like, oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, like from everybody there, everybody was so friendly there because you know, they're all there for the same reason. And that's to experience the plant medicine, you know, mm-hmm. like either to do healing or just to explore, like, Everybody was really friendly there and like, you know, they show me to my room and, you know, if you need anything, absolutely anything at all, like, you know, give us a call and we'll figure it out or whatever. And, you know, they tell you when dinner is and stuff. They provide three meals a day within the price. So that's already taken care of and stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And they like really like ritualized everything, even the meals. Like when you would go for a meal, they would just call food circle and like call it as loud as they could and they would get everybody to join in so it kind of like echoes across the entire property and everybody just kind of slowly comes gathering in for the the meal and then once everybody's there they form a circle around the food and everybody kind of like holds hands and then they start singing songs really yeah it was really cool yeah that's interesting yeah and yeah it was Music was a very big part of the whole experience there, which was really cool. It's interesting that they like they they sort of ritualized the meal process because you know, for a long time in in society in general, that's a meal was a time for everybody to sit down, and it was like you know a sacred time because this is when you fuel your body. Yeah, and you and kind of like turn off. And... Exactly, and there's still remnants of that with like you know people who do prayers before eating dinner or whatever but that's that's really interesting yeah it was it was really cool 
Um, so you mentioned that it was kind of focused on music. Can you delve into that a little bit more? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, honestly, they're, they sang, they sang songs all the time. Like <laughs> <laughs> the first night you're there, you get, you sit in a circle and they just kind of go around the circle. Um, you introduce yourself where you're from and stuff like that, but they sang songs before you did that. And then they sang songs to close out that circle and stuff like that. Really? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And even then you went down for like the ceremonies and they have this place. It's, they call it the temple. And that's where the ceremonies are held. Like, that's where you drink the ayahuasca and stuff. Sorry, really quick. How big is the property exactly? It's pretty big. Uh, They have, like, a main area where the kitchen is and, like, just, like, kind of a nice shady hangout area. It's on the side of a mountain. So all of the walks, like, it's... And there's a river on the property as well. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was. And um, so, like, the only issue was you go down to the river and it's, like, a steep incline. And then on the way up, like, no matter... It's only, like, a two-minute walk but like by the time you get to the very top you're like oh my god i'm dying (laughs) and that like in combination with the heat and stuff um there's probably like 10 buildings on the property oh wow okay with also lots of camping area as well lots of open spaces so did you camp while you were there or no i i had a, a like a room okay and actually i had a room to myself and normally they had put like four people in a room but they double booked my bed oh. um, by accident. So they gave me like a room. Somebody actually was supposed to be staying in it with me, one of their friends, but they ended up just staying out in the, what they call the temple um, the entire weekend. So I got the room to myself. Oh, that's not so bad. Which was, like I said, like right on the side of the mountain, like you kind of like come in from behind the hut. It's only like the best, that's the best way to describe it. It's a hut. You know? <laughs> <laughs> your, your bed is, uh it's two logs with like four four by twos or whatever you know the flat boards uh-huh. and with like a super thin mattress on top <laughs> hey, at least there's somewhere to sleep yeah exactly so um but yeah like it was like right on the side of the mountain so you can just like see down into the valley and stuff and it was really cool yeah that's really really neat yeah so you spent how many days there uh i got there a th- on Thursday, and I left on Monday. On um, okay, so quite a while. Yeah. Um, what did you do? Like, at what point did the ceremony go down? And for the record, we're talking about an ayahuasca ceremony, which we'll go into a little bit more depth here. Yeah. Um, there were two ceremonies. Um, the ayahuasca ceremony was Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. Um, like I said, you do the introduction on Thursday. Um. And actually, Friday during the day, they kind of, after breakfast, we all gathered in the temple. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of, like, go through, you know, what, I don't know, not their expectations, but, like, what's kind of going to happen that night. Um, they, honestly, they have, it's kind of like a church. Like, they have these, you know how in church they have, like, the Psalms books or whatever? And yeah. that's the, you know, the books you sing from? Uh-huh. They probably had, they had three different books that were filled with songs. They probably had over a thousand songs. Wow. A thousand different songs that they like would just sing throughout the night or throughout the weekend type thing. Mm -hmm. So like every time you would gather, you would sing songs with them. (laughs) That's kind of neat. Like even if it was just two or three or whatever. And like, yeah. So you kind of gather that day and they kind of go through their expectations or whatever. I'm calling them expectations because I have no better word for it, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) they weren't like, you know, set in stone type things. But, uh, 
you know, during the night, they split the room. Uh, females on one side, males on the other side. Really? Uh, they do that just a yin and yang type thing. Okay. I was like, is there some sort of purpose? Did yeah. like something happen? But no, no, it's okay, just like, okay. it's like, you know, yin and, yin and yang um, balance is the whole kind of theme that I took away from the weekend, at least. Um, also, like, they teach you a couple, like, really rudimentary dances that, like, by dances, I mean, like, you know, step left, step right, step left, step right. That was a dance. Like, okay, yeah. okay. Very rudimentary dance. I feel like that, I could handle that. Yeah, exactly. But, like, <laughs> you can get up and do if you're feeling it during the night. And, um, and you just, like, sing songs and, like, you set your intentions. So they go around the room again and they just kind of, like, ask everybody what their intentions are for that night. Okay. Um, and then they recommend that, you know, you just spend the day by yourself, kind of like, kind of like meditating or just like reflecting, thinking, reflecting. And like, honestly, I spent that entire day just sitting on a rock by the river, really? just like reading a book and just kind of like until sunset. And then I kind of went back to my room for like an hour or something. And I must say, though, that the food that day sucked so bad because you're not supposed to have like salt or like onions or garlic or stuff before you do ayahuasca so it's like the blandest food that you've ever tasted yeah, just like plain oatmeal <laughs> yeah exactly that was the breakfast plain oatmeal oh, that's awful <laughs> plain oatmeal with almonds tastes like wallpaper paste <laughs> yeah and then lunch was plain rice with some other vegetables it's just this makes me sad yeah and then you're <laughs> supposed to fast like four hours before you actually onions and garlic really yeah i can understand salt maybe but yeah. onions oh that's that's ruthless. just just the day of you know yeah but, yeah yeah i understand um honestly though the meals after that day were fucking fantastic because all those things were back in and it was just like these are delicious this is oh my great God. Oh, i didn't understand how much i love this <laughs> yeah until it was taken away from me exactly so uh yeah, so then at about like eight o'clock, you everybody gathers in the temple and everybody brings their mattresses down and blankets and whatever because you spend the night there. Uh-huh. They recommend that you don't go back to your room and that you just try and spend the night there unless you're having like a really really rough time. What's the, what's the reason for that? It's just so that they can keep an eye on everybody oh, and like make okay. sure that everybody's okay. You yeah, know? make sure there's no health problems, I guess. Or there's about thirty to forty people who all take part in this ceremony. Oh wow! Yeah, so there's quite a lot of people and stuff and yeah. like, um, yeah, you gather. It's nighttime. You kind of set yourself up in a, like a comfortable position. They start the ritual off by like they open it up with some songs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you just like sing songs for a while, and you get up and you dance a little bit, and uh, then you take your first first shot glass of ayahuasca. <laughs> and for anybody who has ever done ayahuasca, you know what it tastes like. But yeah. for those, which is the large majority of people who haven't done it, it tastes literally like bile is how i would describe it the thing is with this ayahuasca they try and sweeten it a little bit so they add like honey and and it just tastes like it ends up tasting like cough syrup and it wasn't i i honestly would prefer the nastiness of it you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just get it in right yeah exactly so it was it was something um not too bad or anything and uh then you go and you go and you sit back down and they sing a couple more songs and stuff. And uh, about 40 minutes later, you take your second shot of ayahuasca. Uh-huh. Um, and that's when it like really starts to kick in for most people. Um, now, you're a fairly experienced user. 
Yes. So did you find that it like kicked in pretty hard or was it very gradual? Uh, it was honestly very gradual. Mm-hmm. Um, and like even before the beforehand, they kind of tell you like ayahuasca works in mysterious ways. You know, they call it they they call it actually mother ayahuasca. You know, they believe that it's like you know it's a, a spirit, a being exactly, and she's there to heal you. You know, and she's gonna do what she will with you to for exactly what you need at that time. Interesting. Um. So even after my second shot, um, they sing more songs and stuff and everybody kind of just settles in a little bit more. And, uh, you know, people get up and they start dancing or whatever. They'll get up and start singing. And some people are like lame. People are vomiting. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the purge is very real when you take ayahuasca. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it kind of came on very gradually. Um, and throughout the entire ceremony, I took four shots of ayahuasca okay um because they they say you know after the two shots if you're still not feeling it or you could you know use a little bump up you know just come up to us if we're there and we'll give you another one um and honestly throughout the entire thing uh like visual wise i probably only got about half an hour to 45 minutes of like kind of pretty intense visuals okay um at one point i like kind of closed my eyes and uh I saw these like cell like beans that were like made of rainbow colors and they were just kind of like floating in my vision and they were like, you know, come with us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, okay. And then they all morphed into one and turned into this giant black hole. That's fascinating. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go in there. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like not a great thing. I feel like maybe if I would have gone in there, it might have been a little bit more intense. But I don't know if I was ready for that, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I The best, like, honestly, I got a lot of really good thinking. Oh, I put the glitter in there. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of really good, like, thinking done that night. And, That's like, good. I thought on a lot of the issues I have as a person and just, like, what I need to do to be a better person even. And like, I got a lot of really good thinking done that night and it was exactly what I needed. Like they said, mother ayahuasca will give you exactly what you needed. And that's probably exactly what I needed. Ayahuasca is is an incredibly interesting and like spiritual experience. And I, I'm not a very spiritual person, frankly, but doing ayahuasca, it, it, it brings that out in you in my opinion. And it, it does it, it for does. me, for sure. It definitely does, for sure. Um, yeah, it and everybody's experience is different. And honestly, even like a week later, when I got back into Canada and stuff, I was still having revelations from that night, you know? like Interesting. It was honestly exactly what I needed at the time. Would you care to share any of those? Uh, if not, that's totally fine, I understand. But Well, like, honestly, I went in with the, my intention for that... Like, my intentions were, I just want to learn how to be happy and be my authentic self, like the best version of me that I can be. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I thought a lot about family and I thought a lot about friends and uh, I just, like, I thought a lot about things that I need to do to be happy, like this podcast, for example. For sure. (laughs) I probably wouldn't be doing it if... It hadn't been for my experiences in Costa Rica. Um, Music, like what I want to do with music, um, what I want to do with like 
basically my life in general. I have a pretty solid idea of what I need to do to be happy right now. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely because of not maybe not just ayahuasca, but my experiences in Costa Rica in general. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it takes a lot of people a really long time to figure that out, you know, and it's it's pretty much a constant process. It's part of being human exactly you know and oftentimes you don't know and it's it, you don't know what's going to make you happy or what you want to make you happy which sounds strange but it's just i i don't think a lot of people have that insight and it's nice to have a tool like ayahuasca to push you in that direction to it, make things a little bit clearer exactly yeah. and um that's exactly what it did for me and uh it was it was a really joyful and great and like i said the entire time you're doing it they're playing music and they're playing it to different degrees of intensity sometimes they like just get really into it and like everybody's up and singing and like cheering and like and then sometimes it's just really super mellow and like it's really like a roller coaster ride with the music and the way they set it up was just like really really like beautiful interesting yeah so after after the ceremony mm-hmm. Everybody stays in the, the, the temple. Yeah. Right. Uh, you wake up the next day and and then what? Uh, honestly, like they leave you alone for about two hours right before uh, dawn. Yeah, dawn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they call it like the meditation time or whatever. And like most people end up sleeping. Um, if you can sleep, a lot of people can't. Um, it's very difficult to sleep on. On any kind of substance, in yeah, my opinion. Exactly. Um, but then they just kind of come back. They leave. They just, actually, they're right next door or whatever. But they leave, and then they come back, and they wake everybody up with just, like, gentle guitar music or just, like, this very beautiful, gentle music to, like, kind of greet the morning. Um, people come in with watermelon and papaya and just fruit and stuff ah. because everybody's obviously really hungry. and like they For just, sure hand that out for everybody and you kind of sit there and you just kind of like reflect on what happened the night before and like really appreciate the music and stuff like that so it was really really beautiful (laughs) that's the best way to describe it that's interesting yeah that's really interesting um so i know that there was a a sweat lodge involved at some point yeah that was the next day that was the next day after the ceremony yeah okay um and honestly, a lot of people like opt out of the sweat lodge. And I see why after doing the sweat lodge. <laughs> um, like I said, there was about 20, 30 people who took part in the ayahuasca ceremony. There was maybe about 10 who took part in the sweat lodge. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot of people are feeling pretty rough the next day, but I wasn't feeling too bad. I was actually feeling pretty good and I was pretty excited for the sweat lodge. So I was totally down for it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the sweat lodge was probably one of the coolest things i did in costa rica really yeah why is that uh if you can encapsulate it i just kind of like went into the whole thing and like i knew the sweat lodge was going to be kind of intense so i just kind of went into it being like with the attitude like i'm going to do this entire thing you know what i mean like they're like you know if you're not feeling it or if you're getting too hot or you just can't handle the heat you know you can leave at any time it's not a big deal and i was like i'm going to do this entire thing you know what i mean like Uh and you know i did do the entire thing and it's about four hours long and it's you know some of the most intense heat i've probably ever felt oh my god yeah (laughs) the entire time you're in there though uh because it's like a native style a native american style sweat lodge that's what they base it off of 
Um, they're drumming the entire time. They're singing songs. Um, you're pounding the ground like to the beat and stuff. Everybody's like rolling around on the ground and in the dirt because like the lower you are to the ground, the cooler it is. And yeah, stuff like absolutely. That. And, you know, you really have to like focus on your breath or focus on singing songs just because it distracts you from the heat. It distracts you from the heat. Exactly. And you're just pouring sweat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming they have water. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Like okay. basically, um, first sweat lodge, you do, one session they call it for each of the four directions and each of the four elements okay so you do fire there's the fire round or the water round earth round air round um some were definitely more intense than others obviously yeah <laughs> like the fire round i was gonna say that one sounds like it would be bad that one sounds rough um there's one break and so we did the first round and it was like relatively long and they only have one break in between. And everybody opted to take their break right after the first round. So we did the first round. You take your break. You go out of the sweat lodge. And there's the river's, like, right there. So um, we went and we jumped in the river. And that felt amazing. Yeah, I'm sure that felt It was phenomenal. one of the best things that, like, <laughs> ever happened. <laughs> um, and you drink your water and stuff. And you guzzle that down. And then you go back in. And we went in for three more rounds. The next round was like the fire round, and that was the hottest for sure. <laughs> that yeah, they I'm like sure. they have uh, the sweat lodge is made of like a heavy cloth, but for the fire round they put an extra tarp over it so that it gets oh. like extra hot in there Oof. and like yeah, um, that hurts me just thinking yeah. about it. The entire time though, like I said, you're, and in between the rounds where you didn't get breaks in between, they still open up the flaps. Okay. Because in between each round, you're supposed to let out the old air and bring in the new. Okay. So, like, there is at least, like, a respite, even though it's not, like, it's not like leaving the sweat lodge. There's still, like, residual heat and stuff. Um, but for the water round, they brought in water and they, like, splash it on you and stuff like that and gave everybody drinks and stuff. And it was really cool. It was, like I said, probably one and really inspiring, honestly. Like. Why? just like the songs that they sing and like the music nobody like the t there was the two uh guides i guess you would call them um who knew the songs and nobody else knew the songs really and the, we didn't have the books or anything but you would end up making these really beautiful songs with like a lot of give and take by just listening to what they're saying and like kind of responding to it. So a lot of like really cool music actually just ended up happening out of the sweat lodge. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. It was really, really neat. Sort of an open experience, right? Yeah. It's not like they're just sitting there performing at you. You're part of You're it. You're part of it. And it was like a big jam session almost. Like it was really That's cool. It's really neat. That's yeah. really, really neat. And like, like I said, drums going off the entire time. At one point there was like... We started with like a really deep ohm, you know, like ohm, uh -huh. and then like the women in the sweat lodge came in with like a really high ohm, and like the way that those just like melded, and then like we would switch so the girls would go really low and the guys, and that would just like happen completely naturally, you know what I mean? Like interesting, nobody planned that, and it was just like a really beautiful thing. Like that's interesting. That's really really cool. Yeah, and then at the end of the sweat lodge, it was nighttime. Um. So, sorry, how long was it again? Like four hours. It's a lot of sweating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem like four hours, and sometimes it seems like longer, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. Um, but at the end of it, like I said, the river was, and it was completely dark at that time. 
they tell you to you know go rinse off of the river and stuff and like cool, go cool off because you're filthy because you've just been rolling around in the fucking dirt for like yeah, four hours exactly. <laughs> um and sweating yeah you go into the river and you just kind of sit there and like the frogs are out so they're all croaking around you and stuff like that and so you just hear the frogs croaking and you kind of lay back into the river and you look up and you just see like stars you know and mm-hmm. just like all the stars you see when you're camping, you know, it's just fucking beautiful. Like, absolutely. <laughs> it was a really, it was, and I even remember one guy, he was like sitting beside me in the river and he like looked up, he's like, guys, look at that. And like, Orion, the constellation Orion was right above us. Uh-huh. And he was like, don't you guys just feel like fucking warriors right now? <laughs> Everybody was like, honestly, I truly did. I feel like I was a warrior at that because that's what, the sweat lodge were you sweat lodges were used for in native american cultures um they were kind of an initiation for like their warriors and stuff really? and they kind of explain that to you before you go in there so by the end of it you totally feel like a warrior that's badass <laughs> as hell yeah that's awesome yeah so after the sweat lodge after that day you were there for another two days right yeah sunday I, it's probably all just like hanging out after that yeah mostly think. uh sunday you're just hanging out um a lot of people left on Sunday. Some people even left on the Saturday. But what they have the Sunday night is they do a dance party. Okay, that's kind of cool. In the temple. And the same guy who like plays guitars and has written all these like beautiful songs, he also DJs. Oh, no way. Okay. <laughs> so like, like yeah, for that night, they just had a dance party in the temple. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, like three hours or whatever. And it's just like really chill hippie music. Yeah, so. you get to hang out and dance. Yeah, it was really cool. And then you go to sleep and you just leave the next day. Yeah. And it takes a little while because they have to call in taxis for everybody. For everybody. And that was my last day in Costa Rica as well. That was, was your last day. I was heading to the airport okay. right from there. So That's a pretty cool experience. It was. It was one of the best experiences of my life. No kidding. Yeah. That sounds pretty... After that, I really want to do a sweat lodge. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Honestly, if I could find a sweat lodge around here, I am super Hi. down. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Good. So, uh, we're probably gonna wrap this up now because our friends are coming over and we're gonna play some motherfucking D and D probably. So, uh, yeah. If this does become an episode, thank you for yeah. listening. <laughs> and if this it doesn't, neat. if it doesn't, this was a sweet test. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>